are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Will Shaw. He's the co-founder of Better Agency, the first sales-driven AMS and the industry's top CRM for independent insurance agencies. They're on a mission to help agents issue a billion in new business premiums by 2024. He's an ex-professional athlete, and his playing field is now the tech and software space. Will, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. What sport did you play? Uh, I played uh, I played football, so I played with the Steelers and the Eagles. Oh, very cool. Which one was it? Which one do you enjoy more? Uh, the Eagles, because I lasted longer there. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. All right. So uh, talk to me about Better Agency a bit here. So I obviously love niche-specific businesses. We've had you on before. I'd love to understand sort of growth from then. Are you still the same product, or have you released something major over the past two years? Yeah, so we've kind of grown a lot. Yeah, so I know we talked previously. Um, you know, I, I got I fell into the insurance niche because I was customizing tools like Infusionsoft, HubSpot, Salesforce for the insurance space. And what we found was, hey, we were using six, seven, eight different platforms to do the same thing. Wasn't working through antiquated systems and bad APIs because nobody's been really focused on the insurance industry. So um, towards the, right at the end of 2019, we decided to launch Better Agency, which was the first. Uh, CRM specifically for independent insurance agents. And uh, throughout that time, we've really grown doing that. And then we recently just launched our newest feature, which is what we call the sales-driven AMS. So that's actually connecting directly with policy downloads from the carriers. That's been something we've been working on for almost a year now. Um, And it's really allowing us to offer a a one true system to insurance agents instead of them having to use multiple different platforms. And you used to be, did you have a rebrand? You were called Marketing Connected, I think, previously, right? Yeah, so that was a previous company that I was kind of using as a placeholder um, as I was figuring as I was transitioning out of doing custom implementations and into what we launched at Better Agency. I see, I see, got it. Okay, cool. Uh, but same story there in terms of right. that was the you know that was the baby version. You've now since changed, matured, etc. Yep, exactly. Okay, very cool. Um, so let's jump into this a bit um, on the CRM tool today. I think when you last came back on, I guess this would have been back again, 2019, you had just broken, I think a hundred customers and you were charging at that point, I think about 300 bucks a month, still the same price point. Yeah. So we, our, our price point has gone up. Uh, we're a little over 400 now on our average customer. Uh, we've been able to, to add some different upsell opportunities. So we try to get people in around the 200 to $250 mark. Yep. And now we're getting our average customer a little over 400 and we think we can get to 500 over the next 12 months. And what's driving your ability to get higher price points? Are they buying more seats originally? Are you upselling more features on day one? What's the story there? Uh, both. More seats coming on. So as we're, able to, to, as we're able to help solve more problems, we get more of the team on board to our platform. Um, and the second thing is just adding more features. One of the things we've been passionate about is trying to achieve that kind of net negative revenue churn. Uh, and that's yep. been kind of helped drive our growth. Where are you now on that? Um, so I think when we spoke in 2019, we actually just launched in 20 at the end of 2019, October, November timeframe. So right now we're, we're somewhere around 260 customers. Uh, and we just broke the 1 million ARR mark. Oh, Hey, congrats, man. That's exciting. Thanks. I appreciate it. Big, big deal. Bootstrapped or you raised? So we, we bootstrapped to this point. We are tomorrow actually closing our first round. So we've, we've got to this far bootstrapped. And so we just are closing on our first round tomorrow. We love that. So you, you guys, listen, you listen to the podcast, you get breaking news before it happens. Will, what, how much you guys end up raising? 
So we're going to raise a total of 2.1 million. Um, it's going to be at a $15 million post. Yep. And um, we're pretty, we're pretty excited about that. So yeah, we were able to bootstrap to this point. Um, and so that made fundraising pretty easy and it just made sense for where we were at. 15.2 posts. So, I mean, that's essentially 13 pre, right? Or about 13 next your, your ARR. I mean, does that feel fair to you or do you feel like it could have driven it higher or lower? You know, what do you think? We could have totally have driven it higher. I mean, the market, you know, better than I do. The market's pretty frothy right now and we could have driven fire higher, but we were really, my biggest problem with fundraising was telling people no. And the reason being is we wanted to be as strategic as possible. We were in a position where we had bootstrapped this. We didn't necessarily have to raise money. The only money we're, you know, we're burning is some of the original money we put in at this point or saved along the way. And we're using that to drive some marketing. So we really wanted to raise money to start bringing our, our development talent, our, our product team in-house, because that's been outsourced previously, and to grow our sales and marketing team uh, and what we're doing there. So we, we wanted to be as strategic as possible. So that meant staying a little bit away from the VCs because we're not going the traditional fundraising route and going more towards angels, which is a little bit different valuation. Standpoint. So how many, how many people are participating in the 2.1 rates? So we, uh, we probably could have got away with doing it with two, um, but we ended up getting a, uh, we have about 50% from our lead investor and the other 50% is divided between insurance specific um, strategic investors and, the, and then the other half of that would be through strategic other verticalized CRM founders or some people that we know that, you know, have gone through, whether it was Infusionsoft's fundraising or different fundraising events here locally in Arizona. That's very cool. Um, is, is, uh, is Clayton putting any money in? Uh, no, he's not, but I, I have had some conversations with him. Nice, nice. Um, and then the lead that put in about 40, 50%, did they set the terms or did you let the whole sort of like, was that a traditional VC or just a wealthy individual? So that was an angel here locally. Okay. So we let them set the terms. We thought it was more than fair for playing with the, you know, stay, staying out of the VC realm and coming in, staying with more angels. Priced round though, right? Not, not a credible right. note. Yep. It's a price round. Okay. And, and so you mentioned burn, right? So before this raise, like last in June, how much capital will you burn? Uh, about 10 or 12 K. So not a ton. Okay. I mean, this no. isn't that bad. That's you know, 10 to negative 10 to 12% EBITDA margins, not, not horrible in SaaS. And, right. and what's growth look like? So, so, I mean, if you're at a million dollar run rate today, where were you exactly a year ago? Do you remember? Oh man, I could look it up, but my guess is we were at this time last year, we were at probably somewhere between 25 to maybe 30 K MRR. Um, so you were flat then, because that's what you told me you were at in 2019 or late. 2019. Yeah. So, well, when we, we, yeah, when we talked to 2019, that was more about where we were expecting to get. We didn't make our actual, we had some commitments that were helping us get there, okay. but we didn't really make, bring in our first dollar until I think November of 2019. I see. Got it. So you're pre-revenue up into that point. Yeah. So, so we, when we launched, because we bootstrapped it, we pre-sold quite a bit working with people. Um, and so that's kind of what we were expecting. We got to that number. It just took us about six months longer than we thought. I see. Got it. Okay. So got it. Zero dollars of revenue in July, 2019, about $30,000 a month in July, 2020. And now today past a million dollar run rate. Correct. And then we're growing at an average about 10% a month. And we've kind of been consistent about that since about August of 2020. Mm -hmm. Where's the growth coming from? How are you signing up new people? When you came on last, you said affiliates were a key growth driver for you. Yeah. So about 30% are through our paid strategy um, and about 70% are coming through uh, either referrals or our organic. So we spent a lot of time focused on the blog from the start. Um, and we're starting to see dividends from that now. Uh, a lot of it is our is customer referrals, and then we have some still coming in from referral partners. On the paid strategy, how much did you spend on paid ads in June this month? Um, so that would be almost all of our paid budget outside of SEO. So if we if we burn if we spend twelve grand on marketing in June, 
about probably close to 10K of that was specifically to paid, nine to 10,000 probably specifically to paid through Facebook or Google. Facebook, Google, interesting. And, and how many new customers or leads will you get on 10K of spend? So on 10K in spend, we'll get about 25 net new customers. So we'll get a bunch of trials and we convert about 70% of those trials. So that'll equate to about 25 new paying customers. Mm, that's great. What do you have to get a trial to do to make sure they convert to paid? Yeah. So there's a kind of key components that we look at. One is making sure that they engage with us. So kind of the first way we weed, weed somebody else, somebody out is if they don't engage with our onboarding team, we look at a trial as, a, as an opportunity for a paying customer. So we immediately start reaching out and trying to onboard. They don't engage with us and they have no usage. We'll preemptively cancel their account and let them know to try to re-engage them. Um, so that's the first thing we do. But the, the main key things we're looking at is getting them started on our onboarding process. So we invest heavily on onboarding. You charge you know, for it? Is there that, a setup fee? What's that? No, we don't charge a setup fee. We actually, I know everybody's trying to reduce our customer acquisition cost. We're trying to increase it heavily through increased onboarding. Our, our view is if we spend more on onboarding, we can increase our LTV and we can spend more to acquire our customers. So we go through a pretty heavy onboarding. We try to connect with them and we need it. We want, our goal is to get them to either import data, connect to their lead sources, get their sales team in there. There's about four to four to six key objectives that we want to accomplish in a 30 day period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that experiment pans out. I remember having Clayton on many years ago and he told me how, you know, Infusionsoft was seeing when it was still Infusionsoft. Now it's keep when they were seeing 8% monthly churn, he said, finally, the way they tackled it is they just charged a setup fee of about 300 bucks, which was equivalent to the, you know, an average of about nine months of the first year ACV on the SaaS side of business. Yeah. And by charging that churn dropped and then down to about 2%, but your top of funnel was smaller because not as many people would pay the setup fee. Right. So it's a yin and a yang. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You can reduce the amount of people come in lower churn, but again, you know, it's just a change of the funnel. 70% referrals or the organic or blog talking about your referral program. So how many affiliates made at least a dollar from you in terms of payouts in June? Uh, about five. five. Okay. So, so this is a very concentrated very, affiliate program. Yeah, very concentrated. Um, it's very small. I mean, we haven't, we, I mean, we have some good affiliates, but we haven't gone large with it yet. Yeah. And, and what are your expenses each month on the affiliate payouts you're paying? Like, are we talking 10 grand a month, 30 grand a month, something else? No, no, we're, we're still pretty small. Uh, we're probably, we're paying on an average about six to seven grand a month right now. Okay. Got it. Got it. So five affiliates make somewhere between maybe a grand and two grand each per month. Yeah. I think off. one, you know, one's probably taking the majority and the other three are, you know, making a couple grand here or there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And, and what is that? What are you paying them? Is it 30% of the trial or the customers they bring in or something like that? Yeah. So I think uh, it it's a tiered structure based on how many you, you're bringing in. I think it starts at 20% um, and then it'll go up to 30% if you bring it in enough. 30% perpetuity, like per month if they stay active? Yep. Oh, wow. And perpetuity. Interesting. Do you ever worry about in the future? I mean, basically, if, if, if a bunch of your revenues come from affiliates, your margin's never going to be higher than you know 70% because of the payment out to them. Correct. Yeah. So what we do is it's on the base application that they bring in, and then we kind of take on charge of upgrading them. And so we don't pay out the upgrades to the affiliates. Uh, I see. So it, as a percent of the total ACV of the account, the affiliate payout drops over time because you're upselling them. Correct, because we're upselling yeah. I see. Let's talk about upselling. When you last came on, I think you said churn was about 36%, expansion was 36%, so 100% net dollar retention. Where are those numbers today? Yeah, so a little bit better. So we're, we're hovering around 2% monthly churn, and I believe on an annual basis, correct my math, what is that, about 84? Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's our current. And then we're upselling at almost not, not – what is our upsell rate? I believe we're somewhere a little bit higher than 100%. I think we're between 105 and 110%. Um, based off our upsell, but our goal is to get that to 120. Your net dollar retention. Yes. 
Got it. So if net dollar retention is 105 and you first yeah. have to make up a 24% churn whole, your expansion is about 30% year over year on a historical that, Yeah, account. that sounds about right based off yeah. the last numbers I looked at. What are you upselling? Is it mainly number of seats or is it more feature-based or utility-based upselling? So it's a little bit of both. A lot of it originally was user-based or uh, user seats. And we just started doing that probably at the end of 2020. And then with the release of our new features that have rolled out back in April and May, and what we have coming in this later, we're, get, we're getting closer to a 50-50 split and we're seeing the larger increase in cost because as people start adding more features, we also see along with that, the seats that come along. So yeah. somebody that just upgrades seats, they just upgrade seats. But somebody that's upgrading features generally is upgrading seats as well. Mm -hmm. I understand the blog organic versus your affiliates versus your paid spend on Facebook and Google. They're all going to have different sort of CAC profiles. They're different channels. Let's just focus on the pure paid stuff for a second. What are you willing to spend to get a new $400 a month customer? So we're willing to spend, I mean, I look, I break this down in our marketing CAC as well as our all-in customer acquisition costs, including our sales rep, including our onboarding and things like that. So our LTV right now is is somewhere ranging between, again, it's a guess because we're a young company. Yep. So this range is pretty significantly, but I would say we're steady between 12 to 14K in our LTV. Mm -hmm. So right now we're willing to spend upwards of $1,500 to get all in to get a customer because we can eat, we can keep that kind of 10 to one ratio. And that's what I was saying before. We're investing more into onboarding because we think we can get our all in customer acquisition costs actually up, which is one of our goals, get it up with our onboarding um, to around 2000, we think that can get us to a, a closer to a 20,000 LTV. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, if you can spend 15, 1600 bucks to get the customer, it's 400 bucks a month. You still have a four or five month payback period. That's very manageable. Right. We're not trying to, that. we're not trying to push our cap down. We're actually trying to push it up because if we figure if we can increase our LTV, then we could just outspend any competition. Yeah. I mean, the, the only part, the only time where that math breaks down is if, you're able to increase your CAC. So spend more on getting people more addicted early on and you drive your lifetime value up to 20 grand. But if it takes you six years or 10 years to capture the 20 grand and your right. payback period is really long, it can, it can be a cash gap issue, but you don't, sounds right. like from these numbers, you don't have any of those issues. Not, not yet, but I'll, I'll loop back around with you and let you know down the road. Yeah, no, I mean, congrats. I mean, all these things, I mean, it looks like you're, you're moving the needle like in the right direction, all these things. And this is a tough space you're in now. It's obviously niche uh, and insurance-based, but it's still exciting. Will you stick with insurance for a while or do you think you'll expand other markets? No, I think we're going to be hyper-focused on being a vertical-based SaaS company. It's an interesting market. Uh, the more time we spend in here, we figure we can spend more problems um, or solve more problems. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there's a lot of things we run into where, Companies have been in this space since the 80s and 90s, and a lot of them haven't. You know, a lot of our competition isn't even necessarily on the cloud. So we feel like we can make a be a real disruptor in the industry. And what's your team size today? How many folks? So we're at 16, and our goal is to be at about 20 to 25 by the end of the year. How many of the 16 are engineers? Uh, six. And how many sales reps with a quota? One. Oh, just one. Interesting. What's their quota target? So their quota target is about is 20 to 25. It's it's a tier, but on target earnings should be about 20 sales a month, which will equate to driving about a half a million dollars in, in new business at the end of the year. Um, and right now we're exceeding that a little bit and getting closer to 25. Got it. So that one sales rep, if they do close a half million bucks of new AR each year, what can they earn? What are their, what's their base plus commission total? Yeah. So their on target earnings would be about one at, at Assuming they're going to close about half a million, 500 to 550K, their on-target earnings is going to be about 150 to 160. Okay, that math works. That's profitable. That's a profitable sales rep. That's great. 
Yeah. Uh, very, very cool. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Um, I guess last question here. Talk to me about equity. Were you the sole founder here? Like how much equity do you still own post post this raise? Yeah, no, actually, great question. So I actually have three other co-founders that are still on the company. We, we founded this as a group. So between all of us, we still control um, close to 80% equity. Even um, after we, this 2.1 million raise? Correct. Yeah. Okay. We have a pretty aggressive uh, employee stock option program too. But um, yeah, we control about it almost, I think it's about 70, between 75 and 80% without looking at the cap table. Uh, for the whole team, the, the founders. Yeah, for me the and my, the three other co-founders, yeah. How, how big is the stock option plan for the employees, at least the allocation? I, uh, somewhere between about 5 to 7%. Okay, that, that's, that seems like totally fair. Are the, is the, are the new investors going to require you to increase that number or no? Uh, we did as part of that round. Uh, we increased uh, a little bit more anyways, um, just because we want to, we're, we're a small team and we want to keep kind of that family atmosphere and we like... Uh, we like being able to be open about that stuff. Seventy-five percent owned by the four co-founders. The new raise, which you're announcing now, to, you know, two million. They're going to own about twenty percent, and then the employees own the other five stock option pool. You got it. That's very cool. Great setup, man. Hey, congrats! Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one favorite business book. Uh, favorite business book. Um, let's go with. Um, oh man, what I did just say last one. time. I wonder what you said last time. Uh, you said the with- you said the upside of stress. Let's go with play bigger this time. Play uh, bigger. Category creation and uh, dominating a category. Nice. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I wouldn't, at this time, I, I would say more than a CEO that I'm following study is uh, there's a couple of people I follow, a couple of authors that I actually follow on, on Twitter, uh, uh, Nassib Tlaib, who wrote uh, yep. The Black Swan and um, Anti-Fragile, who I'm mm-hmm. a big, big time follower of. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building better agency? Well, I'm not a developer. So for me, it's probably all, I use Notion as my number one tool. So all of my personal notes, all my work notes, all, I keep track of everything is, is in Notion. My whole, my whole life and probably our whole business is in Notion. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight hours. Eight. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married with a one-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. Very, that's, that's a development from since our last yeah. call. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big time development. <laughs> how are you, Will? What was that? How old are you? Uh, 30. All right. Last question. What's something you wish you knew, or you, you knew when you were 20? Uh, something I wish I knew when I was 20. That, that Football years, I imagine. I, right? I really wish I would have had a backup plan after football. I struggled <laughs> figuring out transitioning from football into what I was going to do. And I really, I was that prototypical athlete that did not have that backup plan. I wish I would have listened to everybody trying to tell me that. Yeah, you see Brady building his own brand as he gets past 40 and 45 and 50. Interesting. Hey, actually, I have to ask on end on this question. Who has a better record this year, the Eagles or the Washington football team? Oh, man, the, the loyalty in me wants to say the Eagles, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a Ryan Fitzpatrick believer. We went to the same high school. I've known him for years, so... I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the Redskins and the plus the beards. We got the beards going on. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Epic beard they, over there. Do they take the East again or no? You think Cowboys or Giants sneak in? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of high on the Giants, um, but I, you know, the Cowboys. You always think are going to be good, but they never pull it <laughs> off. So it's like they're like the team that could bust, but they could actually, they could actually be good. They have on paper, they look great. But if Dak, I, I would, I would roll with Washington just because I don't. I don't, I can't trust the, can't trust the Cowboys. Yep. Guys, there you have a betteragency.com. Again, they are backing insurance providers, helping them with a great CRM tool. He's going to stay focused on that niche. They were doing $30,000 a month 
last year at this time, now doing over $85,000 a month, past a million dollar run rate. They had bootstrapped to that point, serving 260 insurance agencies to date. They're only burning about $12,000 per month as a scale and are announcing, they just now say basically $2.1 million raise at a $15 million post money valuation. The founder still owns 75, 80% of the business. Uh, new investors own, caught 15, 20%, and employees have uh, caught five to 7% of the business. 16 folks on the team right now as they look to scale net dollar retention over 100%. All good. Will, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, I appreciate your time.